0: Welcome to the Fashion Founders Podcast. Fashion Founders is more than just a podcast, it's a community for fashion brand owners just like you to connect, learn and grow. I'm your host Paula Oyencourt, the founder of Rayo, which is a premium footwear brand for ladies that wear a UK size 7 plus and the creator of the Fashion Founders community. Each episode you can expect insightful conversations with inspiring individuals ranging from marketing experts and UX experts to fashion brand owners like yourselves. So without further ado let's get into this week's episode. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Tolua, who is a member of the Fashion Founders Group Chat and is also the founder of By Lua which is a ready-to-wear, slow fashion brand for women that aims to create staple pieces that live in women's wardrobes for a lifetime. Despite launching during COVID, Bailua has grown from strength to strength and has been seen on a number of top influencers. In this episode, we discuss the realities of launching a fashion brand during COVID and exactly how Toluwa incorporated influencer marketing into her brand's marketing strategy.
1: Hey Toluwa, how are you? Good thanks, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for agreeing to be part of this podcast it's so exciting of course of course thank you for asking <laughs> no, honestly I feel like when I speak to you about your brand you're so humble and um, and it's funny because when I look at your brand I feel like wow like this is amazing <laughs> the stuff that you're doing so thank I'm really you. excited to kind of like dig deeper into your journey but I guess the best okay. place to start is with like who are you and what's your brand okay <laughs>
2: Okay, so I am Toluwa, um, I am the founder, designer, in, I'm the only person basically involved in <laughs> Um, And Failua is a ready to wear, women's wear clothing brand um, with premium day to night looks. Um, and the, the point of the collections is to live in your wardrobe for a lifetime. So we want timeless day to night pieces um, that you can style over and over again and that's why I started the brand um so yeah as I said I started the brand um because I wanted timeless pieces. so I back in the day like I I was that girl that anytime I had like a motive I'll get a new outfit and I would do these monthly clean I mean six like you know at spring clean and i would just be like okay can't wear this or I've worn this on the gram or whatever and I was just like I can't keep living my life (laughs) like this also just as I became more aware of like fast fashion and how detrimental it is to the Mm -hmm. environment um it just made me a bit more conscious about how I shopped right Mm -hmm. so um I just wanted to make sure that I was you know buying pieces that I'd wear more than once Mm -hmm. um and I found that a few of my friends were having the same problem like every time we had somewhere to go it would be like okay you know you start shopping or looking for something and then you wouldn't wear it again after you posted it or whatever I think that kind of culture has kind of calmed down a bit from my Mm -hmm. perspective anyway but I just wanted to provide so Bailua was better because I thought you know there are a lot of girls like me who do not have time to um scale through a lot of these websites Mm -hmm. and look for items and they just want like a curated capsule collection that they can go and they you know go into and um Mm -hmm. buy outfits that they can wear more than once and restyle and wear them in the day or for lunch or for dinner. But yeah, um, by Lewis for like girls who basically just want outfits that they can wear over and over again um, to their brunches, to their dinners, to their Date nights and holiday. I, I, I wanted to create pieces that you could that were multifunctioning, um, mm-hmm. and I find that obviously brands out there that do do that. But I did find it was more so uh, like casual clothing, and um, whereas I wanted outfits where you can dress it up or dress it down, or but it was it is occasion wear, but not like um, you're going to the gala. It's more so like our kind of occasions that we're used to, which is brunch mm-hmm. <laughs> or going to dinner. So yeah, um, that was the reason for starting the brand and then about me um so I I guess my passion for fashion I hate saying that but (laughs) um my interest in fashion started from like quite young um so my mum growing up had a boutique in the West End and she sold like luxury designer goods so like bags and shoes um and I used to go to like Italy with her to meet the suppliers and the manufacturers and uh, to be honest at the time I was not interested I just wanted to go to Disneyland like, like why we here I mean I should have just been happy to be abroad but anyway um but yeah so I used to just tag along with her all the time I was like the only child at the time um and I think growing up there like after school I'd go and you know go to the shop after work and just being around all of that I think is where it came from just having that interest and then I'd say um, more so in uni um I went to uni in London uh, I studied law because I guess I'm African and um <laughs> and um it was in yeah it was in London and there was like at the time and um, there was a big blogging culture and blogs were kind of new I'm showing my age now but yeah um and I used to follow a lot of bloggers I was on Tumblr and I was really interested in fashion I was like really into vintage at the time um I ended up like selling vintage clothing with my friends um during uni as well and like would go on holiday we went to New York or other countries we'd bring back vintage clothes and sell them online um so I've always had like a interest mm-hmm. and then after while studying law I mean yeah the course tried to destroy me so I was like <laughs> I don't want to do this I'm not interested in anything corporate um mm-hmm. so I went I went I did an internship um at a uh, department store um, and also like a high street fashion store and that was for like a year um, and that was in that their digital content team styling and this is when like e-commerce was really new um, mm-hmm. and so I was involved in, like the buying meetings I was involved in the styling and that was a really good experience into like which has helped me with where I am today I guess um, but I decided you know I'm gonna go into the corporate route just because of the money and I wanted to yeah. <laughs> I wanted to shop, I wanted to buy some clothes and um and then so I did that, but I've always done stuff on the side, like I said, jewelry with my friends, as I said, I was doing the vintage, um, and then I just stopped doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then just because of work and just you know, I was enjoying my life too much, right? Um, and then I think lockdown. So lockdown happened um, and I've always had this interest. I'm still working in the corporate side, but I was just like, okay, I've got loads of time on my hands now. And um, obviously, you know, COVID was terrible and it, it was devastating, but it did leave us with a lot of time because we were working yeah. from home and we weren't doing anything. And it gave me more time with my thoughts, more time to think mm-hmm. about what I actually wanted to do with this interest. And that's when I birthed by um, started by Lua. So that was in, 2020 um, in September mm-hmm.
1: and yeah it's been running ever since. Wow I love that honestly your journey has really been, <laughs> really been something. I also studied for at uni like oh, really? I really. it wasn't until I was maybe because I think my business didn't necessarily come out of like my love for fashion per se yeah. it all came out of a struggle that I had but I guess mm-hmm. again it was kind of triggered by my love for fashion because I really like shoes but because I wear a size yeah. nine I can never find shoes in my size yeah. like it's a bit better now but I think that's more the driving force was the fact that I couldn't find shoes in my size as opposed to like yeah I really love shoes even though I did um, and I yeah. think so many things that you said there were just so like they actually kind of resonated with me because mm-hmm. you talking about how you wanted pieces that can be reworn and stuff honestly like if only recently I have started thinking about um, curating like mm. a capsule um, collection of clothing and yeah. like, staple pieces so I feel like what you're saying is just so relevant and also I think I don't know maybe it comes with like maturity as well because I found that like when I was younger, I was the same. Like I always would just buy clothes. If I have got an event, <laughs> I need to get on the website yeah. and buy my outfit and wear it once. And that's kind of it. And even when I look at my younger sister now, she's um she's twenty one. She does the same thing. And some of her stuff yeah. is just like it's it's really like trendy pieces that you're probably yeah. just never gonna wear again. And like you said, once exactly. you taking a picture. And you put it on Instagram. <laughs> You're not going to wear that again because people are seen it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I mean, sometimes it's nice to have those pieces, right? But then mm-hmm. now I'm making sure that I'm being intentional with it. So it's from an independent brand. It's from a, a black-owned business, or you know, the the the, the force behind the brand. I agree mm-hmm. with their principles, the ethos. I'm just trying to be more intentional with my decisions. Um yeah. So. And that's why with our collections um there are limited pieces um, yeah. um and the purpose is though the pieces in those collections is just to make sure that they can be worn over and over again and also yeah. you can add it to your capsule wardrobe mm-hmm. I mean and that that's the aim
1: mm-hmm. and I love that honestly and again I completely agree I think a lot of people have become more intentional with like shopping at sustainable brands. Um, yeah. They're just a lot more conscious about where things are coming from, which I think is essential. Um, and one thing that you also mentioned is that you basically launched your brand during COVID, which I think mm-hmm. is really interesting um, because I know a lot of people um, who maybe launched loungewear brands that blew up because obviously yeah. people were at home. So how did you find launching a brand that was, kind of like for occasion wear and going out and doing stuff during COVID like, yeah how did that impact the launch do
2: you know what I I just thought that it wasn't going to last as long yeah. to be very honest with
1: <laughs> I was like this you know nothing like this
2: has ever happened before yeah. so I was like you know okay by uh Q4 we're going to be out here <laughs> backing up like on going on holidays and that was what mm-hmm. I used to love doing yeah um, and I was just planning for that so I was basically curating my life of the lockdown. <laughs> um and yeah, I first, first of all Sarah said I didn't think it was going to last that long. Mm-hmm. Um and then when I realized it was gonna last that long and I was just, you know, too too far gone, I just thought it can't last forever, basically yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is the only time in my life I'll have time to really get this started. Um, mm-hmm. I've never had I never had so much time on my hands. And time is what was always an issue before yeah. I've always wanted to do this by myself and like start another brand but I've just never had enough time so I just thought let me just start it now whatever the reception is and it, it is what it is at least I've started mm-hmm. and I was listening to loads of podcasts at the time um, and just YouTube and listening to other founders and they were like just start just yeah. start so I just started and um, to my surprise people were wearing buying like mm-hmm. the reception was really good and people were buying like occasion wear I guess mm-hmm. to in their houses because people would still have like these special moments like mm-hmm. um they'll have dinners or mm-hmm. you know birthdays um outdoors or whatever people were being creative yeah um and so they still needed something to wear um mm-hmm. that was outside of loungewear and also um I guess this is via Instagram, but the customer base was international. So there's some places that America yeah. didn't have the same restrictions that we did. And so we had quite a lot of American customers. And then we saw that when they were a bit more locked down that um, the and we weren't, then the UK, you know, you know, orders went up. So yeah, I was surprised with the reception because I just yeah. thought, why are people buying dresses? Mm-hmm. And I guess also people maybe have had, you know, were saving more and were just getting ready for their
1: yeah you know
2: return to society being let mm-hmm. outside I mean I was so
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true I think a lot of people definitely didn't think it would last as long as it did um yeah honestly like I'm such a big advocate for just start and I feel like you're a really good yeah. example of just start so like you didn't let all of these circumstances impact you or worry you per se and if not that maybe like maybe you did have your doubts at times I think that's quite a normal yeah. thing but you didn't allow it to actually just stop you from pursuing what you wanted to pursue which I really respect quite a lot.
2: Yeah I just thought let's if I do not do this now it will never get done so yeah. <laughs> that, that was the driving force.
1: <laughs> um So I didn't even say at the start. Basically, the reason um, we're, I guess, having this conversation and the reason we're connected is through the Fashion Founders group chat, which I started for Fashion Founders that need support. Um, So how long have you been part of the group chat and what would you say, I guess, has been one of the most beneficial things about being part of the group chat? Um, So, yeah, thank you for creating the
2: space. To start with as I said like it is so good to have the support of other designers and like you know obviously with some people if you're doing the same thing as someone you could view that as competition but I feel like the vibe in there is not like that at all like everyone has been really supportive people will say you know I've got a new collection coming out please, support. and some people will just do it anyway um so I like that vibe in the community so thank you um I think I just I found out about the group from clubhouse I think it was yeah, okay yeah. or there was a clubhouse room and then someone mm-hmm. invited me and that and that's how I um, joined nice. and yeah it's been really great as I said like people have just been sharing like information on I think it was information on grants manufacturers and mm-hmm. um, pattern makers mm-hmm. marketing um so yeah I am definitely very thankful to be part of the group.
1: I'm so glad to hear that and I really love hearing about how people heard about it because it was launched in 2020 um, and my initial thing that I did I shared it shared it in this like creative group that I'm in and that was how okay. I got the initial members and then there was like a big rush like after one of these um, fashion workshops by Rebecca Tembo and then to hear that okay. you came through Clubhouse is quite interesting because that's a new way that I've that I didn't even know <laughs> about before, so that's really interesting. But back to By Lua, what would you say is yeah. one of the hardest parts of starting your own fashion brand? Um, I would say it's definitely
2: manufacturing. Yeah, <laughs> um, I really wanted to like get. I wanted to do everything to really sustainable, and as like I said, I've been really more conscious and intentional, and I wanted to so from that I interpreted that as okay I can, can contribute to sustainability by manufacturing in the UK um, but I really struggled to find like a, a, a manufacturer who would do you know smaller quantities or um, yeah that that was it like the MOQs or also like the pattern costs and um, just all the other stuff that goes into Getting to getting this, so it's a sampling process, I'd say, mm-hmm. right? It's not so much the final manufacturing because once you've done the sample, it's normally fine. Yeah. So that took some time, and I guess I almost gave up a few times. Um, yeah. but yes, but then once you do find um that manufacturer, um it is just making sure that you're really clear what you want, having a good tech pack, um making sure they understand being clear about from the up like up front like this is how much my business can handle at the moment this is the quantities I can handle can you do it they say no or I feel like if you have to haggle it just walk away because they'll let me try and catch you later on Mm -hmm. um yeah so I'd say the sampling process and even to this day with my manufacturers like Mm -hmm. I will have to do the same sample a couple of times to get it right Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, that is an ongoing battle. I mean, I've just had to push the launch date back for my next collection to mm-hmm. June, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I would say it's, it's that part, and then also it's just you know, obviously, as an independent brand with no investment apart from my own, I mean, it's marketing and having sufficient funds to work with influencers, or yeah. you know, sometimes you do it on a gifting basis, etc., mm-hmm. and it's that. Influencer management so I'd say the first thing is as I said sampling and also just because you're doing everything it's time also Mm -hmm. um and also finances as well like cash flow but with time and you know as you get more sales and then reinvest back Mm -hmm. into the business all of that does become easier but I would say sampling is an ongoing struggle (laughs) yeah and dealing with manufacturers Mm -hmm. especially when it's like abroad and different languages Mm -hmm. and Just everything that comes with that, and I think I I would advise just allowing enough time to do that process before your launch date. So really, I should be preparing for autumn winter now. Um, Yeah, in an ideal world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the ideal scenario. Like I remember at the start of or when was it? I don't know. Maybe start of last year, or end of last year. I was like planning out my year this year. But um, yeah. I basically decided that I'm going to shift my new collection to next year because I'm actually pregnant at the moment. So I was like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, you know what? I, I actually need to pause certain things. I can't do everything. Yeah. But I definitely would love to get to a place where I'm planning, like, the autumn winter collection at the start of the year rather than yeah. my next collection. And then deadlines are tight and you're just stressed yeah. and it's just a yeah.
2: lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that comes with like time though right and experience yeah. so you don't realize how long it takes to get these things right mm-hmm. um when we mm-hmm. start so like I think I wanted to start early summer um and the the first collection I ever did and it came out like in fall yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a learning process it but is. I think it's good that you've taken time out I think you you produce your best work when you're at peace and yeah. you know, left enough time so I would say never rush it if mm-hmm. if like if my manufacturers could not get it right on this last go I would just then you know push it back and wait yeah. for the next next time I think is good I think that's the best way to release stuff or else you'll just not be happy with that as well.
1: so true. and do you know what I think one thing that I kind of see a lot is that as new brands sometimes we do feel pressure to constantly be like releasing new styles and new things but I think it's just because of the way the fashion world works at the moment because fast fashion is a real thing like they're turning around new styles every week every day every month like but realistically as a new brand like you said cash flow is an issue so That's not even feasible, even if you wanted to do that. So there's nothing wrong with like, like you said, actually just maybe releasing two collections in the year or even one collection. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's absolutely fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I wish I knew that in the beginning though. Because you know, you're trying to keep up with I don't know, Zara or whoever you see like, but these are big corporations with thousands of people. A lot of us are just doing this alone or with Mm -hmm. really small teams. And you just have to think about why you're doing it. So, yeah. um, as I said, I want these to be timeless pieces. So people are still wearing the last collection and, yeah. you know, that's fine. And when I'm ready, <laughs> we'll have
1: another exactly. one. <laughs> exactly. And that's the whole point of your brand anyway. Like you said, it's meant to be yeah. reworn. So that's yeah. perfect. So um, because of time, I'm just going to skip to like yeah, sure. the next section of questions. But yeah. I have obviously, like, read your social media and I know mm-hmm. all of that stuff and one thing that Thank really you. stands out to me is that you get really really amazing people in your products like how do mm-hmm. you um how do you go about getting big influencers wearing your stuff what's yeah. your process um so initially it was I knew that I would have
2: to at least do some paid collaborations when we first started because yeah. I, like no one knows the brand. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that you should always work into your budget, but in it, I didn't start with like really big influencers or anything like that. It was just people that I thought were on brand, um, mm-hmm. who I thought would wear would buy from the brand anyway, and yeah. then I reached out to them in some instances some people just were willing to work on a gifted basis some people wanted paid I mean I had my budget once you reached my budget then that was it and I was like okay I'm only doing gifting now but Mm -hmm. you know um so that's how I approach and that's to this day this is how I approach it so most people um it's on a gifted basis Mm -hmm. um and I think it's because if you're if you're approaching people that genuinely like the brand um and they want it for their holiday or their next yeah. occasion then and then there's no pressure obviously mm-hmm. you you gift somebody and they can wear it in a year they can wear it next tomorrow yeah. and they don't have to tag you so I think that's something that people should be mindful of yeah. so um that's how it works I just gift people um and I think the bigger influences or you know then we can work out uh, an but also a lot of it sometimes it's just people that buy it themselves and oh, nice. they create the content um and, mm-hmm. and they'll just tag the brand um which has been really great yeah, <laughs> um amazing. so yeah that's been really good so like the community just buy and then they you know want to show how they've styled it so that's mm-hmm. been really really helpful
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, so it's been a combination of that
1: yeah no I love that and what advice would you give to somebody who um maybe they're just starting their brand or like you know they're in the process of planning their marketing and stuff like that and they want yeah. to do the marketing what would your advice be to someone that's just starting out with it um so I'd say have a marketing budget
2: um and also I would say um look for the influences that align with your brand right and then I would email them, reach out to them. However they say they'd like to be contacted, I would do it in that format. Um, and, you know, just make sure you're, like, explaining, that you know, a, a bit about your brand. Obviously, keep it short and sweet and would love to send you this. And, I mean, on a gifted basis, as I said, that is just, like, you know, freestyle, whatever they want. Um, and just don't have any expectations with that. I would say most people, if they like your product, they will repost it or wear it and tag it at some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're, if you're just starting from scratch, it would be good to have some budget for influencer marketing because I would like to align, like if I'm going to have a launch, I want to make sure there's at least somebody wearing yeah. the garment um, mm-hmm. around the time of the launch. And I would specify, please, can you post within you know, a certain time period as well? and so it's clear and there's no issues um yeah yeah and that's that's what I would say mm-hmm. I would say if you do them, if you can of, do a mixture of um gifted and also paid collaborations I think is the most effective mm-hmm. um and also like leverage whatever platform you think is good for your brand so I mean Instagram I don't know what's going on with that um, <laughs> at the moment but yeah like video content is obviously the biggest thing now so mm-hmm. then I would make sure like you're asking them to produce content that you know is going to perform well, basically, yeah. and just be clear about what kind of content you expect. Yeah. You can only do this for paid collaborations, just to clarify. If it's gifted, mm-hmm. you're just gifting it yeah, and yeah. you're seeing it's up to them the how they want to post it. Yeah, exactly. You're just hoping for the best. <laughs> and that also works as well. I mean, if you believe your brand is strong enough, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, or you've got a lot of, pro- like, you've had to do a big order, you've got enough products to give, mm-hmm. then by all means at least one person will wear it um, and that mm-hmm. might be enough for you so just think about those different aspects I'd
1: say. Mm-hmm. Thank you that's really good advice um, and what would you say has been the most effective thing that you've done to grow your brand that could be marketing that could even be like operational things?
2: Um, that's a good question I think it's been um, focusing on um, just user generated content and resharing mm-hmm. like um so when I say that I mean like your customers when they post in your outfits repost um engaging interacting with them and also just gifting I think that has really really helped like just getting people in the brand because you know yeah. you, how else will people hear about the brand really so mm-hmm. um I'd say being influencer marketing mm-hmm. it has been the the key success for us and also you know getting reposting customers and
1: yeah
2: building that relationship that's because if you think about it everyone's everyone is an influencer yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many followers you've got you've got your supporters you've got your friends and mm-hmm. they will ask you oh, where did you get that from so yeah that's why I say like even with gifting I don't really care if you've got one k or ten k. If you're if you the way you dress and you know your brand matches with my brand, then I'm happy mm-hmm. to work with them. So yeah, and also that.
1: Mm-hmm. And word of mouth is like one of the most effective marketing things. It is. So that doesn't surprise me at all. So my next question is, what would you say has been your biggest success? Like, what one thing would you say like this was a really big thing for you as a brand owner?
2: Um, I would say it was our spring summer so my second collection launch mm-hmm. just that I would say yeah the sales on that yeah. day and the traction and the support and the hype and mm-hmm. just that you know seeing that okay all the work we did up until this point has been great mm-hmm. and just having that reception was so far has been like the biggest moment I can think of mm-hmm. um because I was shocked <laughs> yeah, I, I mean because it could yeah you just I mean, because with every launch, you don't know how which way it's gonna go, yeah. or what the reception is gonna be like. People will say, yeah, 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 I'm gonna buy a fun way and you know, they know it's seen. So yeah. just actually seeing the
1: fruits of that would mm-hmm. I would say was really good. I love that. Um and so when you launch, do you have like a marketing strategy? Like so obviously you mentioned you gift some stuff and you work with influencers, but is there anything else that you're doing around the launch prior to launching?
2: Yeah, so I will, like, once I've set a launch date, I will make sure that I am, like, teasing the launch at least two weeks before. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, like, showing behind the scenes and sending emails to my customer, I mean, my subscribers, and building that email list. Um, So I forgot to mention that's really important as well. Um, And that has been a key part of our success, is just building the email list, um, Mm -hmm. encouraging people to sign up, Giving them early access and exclusive offers, and Mm -hmm. just giving them that exclusive look into the brand and giving them Mm -hmm. the behind the scenes. And they will, so yeah, um, just letting that audience know that, yeah, something's coming, this is what it is, take them. Mm I need to do more of that. I need to get a better, right? To be honest with you. It's normally like just a mess, right? So <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> in a position to be shown behind the scenes, but that's yeah. my plan this time around. Mm-hmm. But, and that's what I aim to do is show behind the scenes until the lead up. And then I always do like priority access for uh, my email subscribers mm-hmm. and um, a launch date offer. Um, and then also I will also line up the influencers that I want Mm -hmm. to post within the launch week and then also gift influencers Mm -hmm. that I'm happy for them to post whenever they want to post and that's been my strategy so far Um, yeah
1: and it's working that's the main thing (laughs) um so the final two questions I'm gonna just say them together so what advice would you give to someone that wants to start their own fashion brand and also like what's next for Bailua where do you see yourself in the next five years or so
2: okay so for someone starting their fashion brand I would say like don't let what's going on rush you like take your time think about why you even want to do this what are you offering that's maybe no one else's or what can you offer that's, and you could do better than what is already there Mm. um and I would also say like don't try and do too much like I am the president of doing too much like I will always spread myself thin or just like focus on like having that one product you could just launch one product right in different colors and and that's probably a bit more economically uh friendly for a new business um Mm. and just try and think about like what your brand is about and what message you want to portray I think all of that is actually really important to think about before you start designing Mm -hmm. um and then just think about long-term vision as to where you want your brand to go and then start designing I think you'll make collections that make more sense and it's clear who you are in the marketplace and yeah and also say start like socials before you even have your products Mm -hmm. ready to go Um, Mm -hmm. and that's something we did like we months before I was just posting like you know vibes aesthetic shots um and then people knew what they were going to get from that first collection right Mm -hmm. they knew that this is going to be um it was all neutrals and you know it was like holiday looks and I don't know I just created a vibe and that's Mm -hmm. what they got and then that was and then we got the following reception so um I would say start social media as soon as possible um and share behind the scenes people want to see they want to know who they're buying from um so that would be my advice and then the next question was where do I see Bylu in the next five years um I would say five years I want Bylu to be in like department stores around the world Mm -hmm. I still will be bringing out limited collections um Unlimited pieces and capsule Mm -hmm. collections, maybe once or twice a year. Maybe the frequency of that would go up, but I want the core premise to be, these are timeless capsule going out pieces that you can wear over and over again. Um, But yeah, just to have that, I'd love to see it in the department store. I think Mm -hmm. that would be um, the next
1: yeah that's, that's my goal nice. and I yeah we can see it happening thank you so much for your time on this interview how can people follow your brand how can people follow you if they want to like see your journey and um, thank you so much for
2: having me on here as well <laughs> this is probably the first time I've had to talk this much about my brand so. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm
2: really <laughs> so but um yeah you can follow the brand on Instagram or on app by dot Lua um and it's also on TikTok at by Lua on Twitter by Lua Official and you can find me on Instagram at Lua, and um also on TikTok. Amazing, thank
0: you That is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did and you're able to take away some of the key principles and apply them to building your fashion brand. If you're interested in joining the fashion founders community make sure you check out the description for this podcast episode where I've left links for you to join the whatsapp group and also to subscribe to the newsletter. Also, don't forget to follow our amazing guest. All of their details have been included in the description as well. Until next time, bye.